All right, tonight on the Dynasty Rewind, we're going to be talking about 2020 rookies, guys that we loved, how they're doing midway through the season. Are they startable? Do you have to trade for them? Do you have to trade them off of your team? And that is on the Dynasty Rewind starting now. You are now listening to the Dynasty Rewind. Hey, and welcome back to the Dynasty Rewind, everybody. I'm your host, Michael Bauer. The best in the business is once again back in business. We have a very special guest tonight. Before we get to him in just a few moments, I would like to welcome in, as always, my co-host and partner in crime. We got Porkman. How's it going, Porkman? Great, man. I had a pilot right before here with Jacob Trowbridge and Dustin Lunt. So back on pulling a double header. Same as you, Mike. So, yep, I just got off go. Fantasy and Frames. Uh, they were doing their starts and sit show, and you could also check them out. Great guys over there. They were talking about Anheuser Busch products. I just want to take a moment and say the best beer is made in Wilkesbury, Pennsylvania, and that is Lion's Head. Also, the preferred beverage of Dwight Schrute from the office, and it's real and it's <laughs> it's drinkable. That's all I can say. Also, joining me, we have Nate Christian. How's it going, Nate? Hey, I'm here. I'm excited. I am just I love those rookie class. I love the next rookie class. I love rookies. That's why I play Debbie. That's why I play Campus Ken. So I love this podcast. All right. And I'll tell you what, you're going to love this episode, especially. Uh, we had a lot of great guests lately. And I'll tell you what, proud to say that I, I love this guy that's on right here. Listen to his pod whenever it drops. And that's Ray Garvin. You can find him on Twitter at Ray GQ. Ray, it is fantastic to have the king of Debbie. And again, you did play with a smoked visor in college, right? <laughs> I did, and I uh, I muffed a kick return during the rain because of that smoke visor, and the coach <laughs> coach pulled me and made me take it off. So I technically, this is breaking news, I only wore it for like five games, and when I muffed the kick return, the coach was like, you're not wearing that anymore. So uh, glad to be here, uh, listen to you guys, and you guys have the dopest intro like i can just vibe to that that beat dude i love it man i love it i want to steal it for destination debbie well i'll tell you what um as a matter of fact that was made by you go to laird crv tv l-a-i-r-d like patrick laird crtv.com he is a friend of garrett price's former co-host Current America sweetheart, always in my heart. Uh, he's a friend of Garrett's, so he'll definitely hook you up. If you, anyone needs any podcast music, he did a great job. The price was fantastic, and the final quality of the product was fantastic as well. So um, speaking of fantastic, we got to check in with these 2020 rookies. So I remember being told I was an idiot in the preseason for saying not so fast. The generational talents, they may be, but due to COVID, due to lack of training camp, due to lack of rookie camps, this class may not be as good up front as you think it's going to be. But of course, what do I know? I'm just the host of a podcast. So um, I don't think it's it's going okay. It's going, right? I mean, some of these guys look fantastic. Some of them don't. Some of them aren't getting a chance because Frank Gore just won't go away. We're going to talk about these <laughs> a little bit. And that's why Ray, Ray Garvin is here because he's the guy that he's getting you ready for 2023 right now. That's important. Even if you don't play in Debbie Leagues, I tell everyone, why should you listen to a Debbie podcast? It's easy because I know who guys like uh, Rondale Moore are. And I, 
I don't know how to say his first name. Slovis is last name, the quarterback from USC. Correct. Yeah. So I know who these guys are. Tutu Atwell. I know these guys. Their names are familiar to me, as familiar as Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz, because I hear them. It's repetition. If anyone has children, they know it's repetition. So train yourself. Know these guys. Let's talk some news and notes. There's actually more than I thought there would be between yesterday and today. Uh, this is going to be our normal pod release Saturday a.m., but we're recording on Friday night. I'm uh, sorry, Wednesday night. I'm going away for my anniversary on Friday. Uh, Ten years together, five years married. I can't believe somebody dealt with me that long. Uh, but Cleveland has activated quarterback Baker Mayfield from their COVID list. He should be good to go. Nick Chubb could also return week 10. Christian McCaffrey not expected to play this week. <sighs> Hopefully, unlike Manny, you didn't drop Mike Davis to waivers and you kept him on your roster. He's not going to play. David Johnson's status is up in the air for this week. Maybe Duke Johnson. I don't know. Seattle running back Chris Carson's status to be considered later in the week. 49ers running back Raheem Mostert hoping to play Sunday. Los Angeles Chargers running back Justin Jackson to miss this week with a knee injury, but they hate Joshua Kelly anyway. Baltimore quarterback Lamar Jackson. Nate, I want you to chime in on this then. He says opposing defenses know their plays, unless you're Nate Gary, of course, because he's terrible. We're going to come back to that in a minute. Um, Antonio Gibson was held out of practice. Porkman, you said that was a shoulder issue, correct? Yeah, shoulder, yeah. Okay. And the bye weeks for this week are the Atlanta Falcons, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Los Angeles Chargers. Wait, is that right? Ram. Yeah. Is it? It's the Chargers. Well, then why did I have it on here that Justin Jackson's going to miss this week's game if he's not playing? <laughs> no one from Los Angeles is on a bye, and the Dallas Cowboys are on a bye as well. So before we move on, Nate, can you just touch on the Lamar Jackson? I don't know if it's news or not. You just touch on that real quick for me. Yeah, so uh, by the way, I do think the Chargers are playing this week because I'm starting yeah. Mike Williams in my lineup. What's the um, bye week, Mike? You got the wrong bye week. The Chargers actually had an earlier bye week, I believe, than they were expected because of COVID schedule changes. Um, but Lamar Jackson, it's, it's a Greg Roman thing. And this is an issue that we saw in, I believe it was 2014 after Colin Kaepernick did so well, his first season with Greg Roman second season, things just fell flat. And this whole off season, I heard people saying, just wait, Nate Baltimore Ravens, Greg Roman's second year's offensive coordinator. It never works out well. I was like, I'm not worried about it. It's Lamar Jackson. Who cares about Greg Roman? Well, Obviously, Greg Roman just does not know how to do his second season as offense coordinator, and it is flat again. Uh, if the other team knows what plays are coming, then I'm impressed we're six and two because yeah. it. I mean, it's looked flat, and the only reason we're six and two is because of our defense. Right. Um, you know, maybe Chip Kelly would be a good offensive coordinator for the Ravens. <laughs> Maybe yeah, on, no. I'm just waiting for Greg <laughs> Roman to go get a head coaching job somewhere and screw some team up. Yeah, yeah they, pretty, they pretty much said the defense knows is either throwing the 15 or 89. He don't really throw to anybody else. So if you just cover them, where else are you going to go other than just run the ball with Dobbins or Edwards or Ingram or himself? So what else are they going to be looking for? That's the problem. Yeah. Um, before we get into it, we do have some bills to pay here real quick. So I want to talk to you guys real quick. Ray, I apologize for this. Mirror, mirror on the wall. What is the best brand for my balls? You know, Ray does, he does 
promos for like Grubhub and DoorDash. I heard something for like Pepsi, and I'm talking about guys' balls on this podcast. This is fantastic. This is, <laughs> this is the minor leagues right here. Manscaped, of course. Hold up. Is that a nose pube? I just said that. Good thing our partners at Manscaped are here to ensure you're taking care of your manhood and your nose hairs with their new performance package. Manscaped performance package is the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Included in this new package is the Weed Whacker Ears and Nose Hair Trimmer, which is waterproof and uses a 9,000 RPM motor-powered 360-degree rotary dual-blade system, also available in most helicopters. These nose and ear hair trimmer prevents proprietary skin tape technology, which help prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. <laughs> you know what? Just go to manscaped.com and use the promo code <laughs> for 20% off and free shipping. I mean, they have great stuff. The lawnmower 3.0. We have our uh, weed whackers on the way. Also, I know you could probably use the lawnmower 3.0 in your beard, but I really don't want to. So if you make a dedicated beard trimmer, that would be fantastic. Um, but let's get back to it. Um, how many things in your house have balls paid for? You know what, Jake? Let's. um. Let's talk about that some other time, okay? Um, <laughs> Jack sucks. Ray better talk about acres. Shaking my head. Can't get on the field. But we're going to touch on that in a little bit, so let's get down to it. Before we do, Ray, I have a question for you. I have a question. Now, I've been listening to your podcast since, well, the second episode, and then I went back and listened to the first one. So I've listened to every podcast you've done. I have a question about the Chuba Hubbard roller coaster because you're up you're down, you're up, you're down. So I just kind of want some clarity. He was a guy that thanks to you, I knew who he was first of all, and I was targeting in my rookie drafts next year. Should we be off the Chuba train or should we be back on, or do we have to be skeptical of landing spot? Yeah, I think uh, when I initially started the Chuba Hubbard train, like that engine going, it was prior to the 2019 college football season. And at that point in time, he was the top five running back for me because of what he did or what was what, what he was able to do alongside Justice Hill, rushing for over 700 yards, catching over 20 passes as a redshirt freshman, combined with how he looked as a high school prospect. So technically, I was right. He ran for over 2,000 yards that season. He was an absolute stud, consensus All-American. And with every fiber in my body, I truly believed that he was going to declare for the NFL draft. I just, after receiving 400 touches at Oklahoma State, I said, there's no way he's going to return for another season, which he did. And what happened was, and I've asked some people out there in Stillwater, Oklahoma, I've talked to some folks, I just, you know, him and Mike Gundy had a falling out mm -hmm. during the season over a shirt that Mike Gundy wore. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I just – I don't know if he's got beef with Gundy, if they've got beef with one another. I know he was dinged up this past Saturday, but he just hasn't looked good. I mean, he looks like a one-dimensional runner. He reminds me of a poor man's Tevin Coleman. Uh, he doesn't catch the ball of the backfield very much. He doesn't have a lot of lateral agility. He's 200 pounds at six foot, which is not ideal. Um, you know, this is – this is Debbie. This is what Debbie is, and – we have to adjust for new information that's presented to us. So for me to keep Chuba Hubbard in my top three, in my top five, it makes absolutely no sense right now because I don't believe he's going to get the draft capital. I think he's a day two pick, maybe second round. I peg him more as a third round pick, a six foot, 200 pound running back who it doesn't, who lacks lateral agility, who doesn't catch the ball of the backfield. I mean, you just move on. I mean, I was, 
in in Debbie leagues, I was selling him early, like going into the season. I was like, I'm out. Like the fact that he came back, I just I just wasn't feeling the situation. So when you're looking at the uh, you know towards our rookie drafts in 2021, luckily for us, there are some other players in college football who are stepping up that look better than Chuba Hubbard. And unfortunately, I don't know if you guys saw the news um, about Journey Brown, which is very unfortunate, but his career's over. I mean, so mm. the 2021 class is, it takes another hit at the running back position, but um, outside of a couple of guys, I just don't have very much interest investing uh, top 24 draft capital in my rookie drafts in a player like Chuba Hubbard. Okay. And you say a couple of things in your podcast that really stick with me. And one is um, don't get stuck on your guys. You know, don't be afraid to admit when you're wrong and move on. Another one is when you're trading, especially build bridges, which I think is fantastic. It's okay to lose a trade every once in a while, um, unless you're Garrett Price. And Nate, you know from dealing with Garrett, he is not easy to deal with. So Jack Sucks has a question. LD Brown, better than Hubbard. I'm not sure who LD Brown is. You're going to have to inform me of that. No, I don't think so, but he's playing better. Um, you know, there, there are players uh, who I don't believe are superior talents but they could be playing better. And right now, L.D. Brown is playing better than Chuba Hubbard, whether that's via injury because of the injury, whether that's because Chuba Hubbard's trying to preserve himself. But right now, L.D. Brown, which don't worry about him, Mike, you don't need to know his name because he's not going to be fantasy relevant, is okay. playing better football than Chuba Hubbard. Yes. Okay, perfect. So sometimes it's just just is what it is. Sorry, Jack mm-hmm. sucks. Um I don't know who Facebook user is. I'm just wicked smart. I'm not sure. It's someone in our group. I can't <laughs> see who it is. Um, and the real Adam H wants to know, is Ray finally ready to admit that David Bell is greater than Mondale, Rondale Moore? Sorry, boiler up. Um, I'm going to say he's probably not ready for that because I know you are You are definitely a huge Rondale Moore fan. Yeah, David Bell is dope. He's my number one ranked wide receiver in the 2022 class. Okay. He's a top 20 Debbie player for me in my rankings, patreon.com forward slash all gas, but he's still not a better player right now at this stage of their career than Rondell Moore. As an 18-year-old true freshman, he had over 2,200 all-purpose yards, winning the Paul Horning Award as the nation's most versatile player. And I just point you to the Ohio State game where he single-handedly wrecked Ohio State. And that defense had Chase Young, had Jeff Okuda, had Sean Wade. Uh, What he did at 18 years old, one of the earliest breakout ages that we've seen from a true freshman wide receiver outside of Brian Edwards, nah. David Bell is dope. David Bell is going to be a first-round pick in the NFL draft. But we're talking about what they've done in college. Uh, I I really don't think uh, they're – no. He's not better than Rondell Moore, but he's a dope player. My number one wide receiver in 2022. There you go, the real Adam H. And uh, apparently it's Garrett. Garrett, you have to allow StreamYard to display your name. So that's why. So uh, Garrett's Garrett Garrett's feeling good right now because we just did a card break and he got a signed autographed. He hit like the card of all cards in like the last pack. Garrett Price gets a signed uh, Alan Lazard uh, like prism card so he's feeling good right now garrett garrett hit a, hit the jackpot tonight oh there you go look at you garrett garrett you're the man uh we all love garrett you can find him on twitter at dynasty price doing fantastic things over there with the dynasty nerds so make sure you check him out i'm not going to tell you to check them out because um you should come here first no i'm just kidding definitely check out rich matt garrett on the dynasty Nerds <laughs> podcast they have the nerd herd as well uh doing a lot of great things over there they pretty much have everything covered I believe they have, uh, yeah, they have Debbie IDP. Um, 
they got everything so yeah check them out um and he's hype okay that's great great character <laughs> um the ff aviator check in what's going on good to see you back we saw you yesterday so happy to see you again so um before we get into our rookie review here, um, Nate, do you have a Debbie player of the week you want to talk about? Or Ray, do you have a Debbie player of the week that you want to talk about as well? Somebody that casual Debbie guy, like I don't really consider myself a Debbie guy, kind of know who these guys are because, you know, I'm prepping to do rookie breakdowns. But um, anybody that uh, we might need to know about that we do not at the moment. Yeah, I think one player that, you know, if those of us in the group, those of us listening that participate in Debbie or or follow college football may know the name, but a player that I think will be drafting in round one of rookie drafts next year um, above Achuba Hubbard is UNC's Javante Williams. Javante Williams is nice at 5'11", 220 pounds. He's got that prototypical size uh, to be a true three-down threat. I call him TDTs, three-down threats at the next level. Uh, he's got over 700 rushing yards a season, over 20 receptions, close to 300 receiving yards in just a couple of games. Uh, one of the, I think he's the, according to PFF, he's broken the most tackles. He's one of the most elusive running backs in college football. And while I don't think he's going to have that meteoric Clyde Edwards Elaire type rise, he's somebody that I definitely can see getting second or early third round draft capital. And in these NFL days, that's, that's gold right there. You, you're picked on day one. That's an anomaly. You're picked on day two. That's you're going to be a starting running back, uh, you know, at some point. So Javonta Williams out of North Carolina is somebody we all need to have on our radar. I think he's going to be a top 12 pick in your, your standard uh, rookie drafts next spring. Love it. Uh, Nate, do you have anyone for us? I actually wanted to take this time instead of talking about someone new. Okay. But actually ask Ray some questions about some of the players I brought up before in this podcast this season. Love um, some Debbie players. So, for example, Ray, how are you going about your outlook on Jalen Waddle after the injury? Yeah, he's still uh, – he's still. I think I have him – I think I have him ranked fourth in the 2021 class. He did enough, man. I'm not going to spend a ton of time. He did enough. Uh, we saw what he was able to do. In the five games that he played, he didn't have less than five receptions and 120 yards. I mean, he's he's one of the, he's a prolific return man. I think from day one in the NFL, he's probably the best return man in the NFL. Period. From day one, and then you're talking about uh, to me, he was the closest thing to Tyreek Hill that we had seen. And mm. if you want to be honest, he's a better wide receiver prospect than Tyreek Hill was coming out of college because Tyreek Hill wasn't a wide receiver in college. He was this running back hybrid. So still aboard the Jalen Waddle train, he's going to be a first round pick in the NFL draft and he'll be a first round pick in rookie drafts. All right. And then uh, maybe someone a bit more under the radar. Actually, he was who I really wanted on my waivers for C to C this uh, two weeks ago, but Marlon Williams out of UCF. I mean, that boy is just, He's on fire right now with Dylan Gabriel. What are your thoughts on him? I think the whole UCF squad is a little underrated. I know Dylan Gabriel doesn't have this prototypical size, but I mean, he is, he's lighting it up in college football. And I, I think he's a legitimate NFL draft prospect. Uh, if he declares next year, um, uh, William, yes, that whole UCF squad is nice. The issue with him is, is going to be draft capital, right? Mm -hmm. Where does he get drafted? How does the NFL value a player like that? 
Um, and if he's drafted with 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 any type of draft capital and the situation presents itself, I think you can have one of those. What are you what are you saying, Nate? Fourth round pick, third round pick in rookie drafts. Yeah, that's what but, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, something like that. I can see it. Yeah, and I think like I scouted Marlon Williams after watching him dom you know, just watching that UCF squad this season so far. It's been incredible. And I have Dylan Gabriel in my C to C league, so I've been all about it. And, you know, Marlon Williams he really impressed me on his film. I was not expecting to see as good of a wide receiver as I saw and his body makeup, his frame. He's got that like AJ Brown, uh, LaVisca Chenault type frame to him. He's a big guy who runs like a running back after the catch. And that's, you know, that's something that a lot of NFL teams are kind of looking at right now because you got AJ Brown, you got LaVisca Chenault, you got, you know, Debo, these guys you can move around and really make things happen. So we'll see if, you know, we'll see if, he can be used that same way. I'm not saying he's as talented as those guys just yet, but you know, it's something I that like the call. I like yeah. the call, man. And, and following up Gabriel Davis should help him out as well. Give him a little bit of that, that UCF steam, right? Well, Gabe yeah. Davis did it. So yeah. Yeah. Cool. That, that's all I got, Mike. So Jack sucks has another question. Any insight on the Terry situation at FSU impact on draft stock? I'm not exactly sure what's that about. So yeah, Tamari on Terry. And I know Garrett price and I, we really were fans of Tamari on Terry going into last year. I thought he was one of those players that could have declared and at least received day two draft capital, but Florida state stinks. He has not played well at all this season there were games where he's out there fighting people on the field, uh, off field issues. And now he's done. He just opted out. Florida state stinks. I think he's, I think he's wrecked his draft stock. I, I really do. I mean, the thing is he's going to go to the combine and absolutely destroy it. I mean, he is a freak athlete, but it, it's, I'm, I've got to move him down my rankings. I think he's, I think he's killed his draft stock. Absolutely crushed it. Um, Think, think Tyler Johnson type, you know, mm -hmm. the difference between Terry and Tyler Johnson is Terry's not going to be afraid of the time. He's not going to be afraid of the stopwatch because he's going to run at 6'4", 215, 220 pounds. He's probably going to drop a four, a low four, four. You know what I mean? Like he's, he is freaky athletic, but he's a raw player. Uh, Jared Wackerly and I were talking about him today. He's a raw receiver, but I believe he had one of the fastest, uh, next gen stats miles per hour that we've seen from any level. I think he hit 23.4 miles per hour on a touchdown run, which Damn. is that's Crazy. that's not that's not right. That's that's not human. So <laughs> he's a freak, but uh hurt his draft stock significantly. All right. So that's uh interesting. Hopefully um hopefully he doesn't get drafted by Philadelphia because they would just absolutely ruin whatever chance of a career. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that he would have uh Marion Terry equals Auden Tate. Possibly. I know I know I know who this is. No, he is not Auden Tate. He's <laughs> better not in Tate. He knows that. Okay. All right. Well, hey, thank you for checking in and uh picking on Ray. We love it here. He's having a good time with it, or she. I don't know who it is. So hey, let's talk about some of these 2020 rookies. And you know what? The greatest thing about being the host of the podcast is I can go first. So that means I want to talk about my love. You listen to the show. You know how much I love the Michael P Ryan, um, the greatest player to ever come out of Florida as a Gator. I'm just kidding about that. So on the season, he did start off. He was injured. I think he had a hamstring injury, something like that. Um, 47 carries 169 yards and one touchdown. 
10 receptions, 49 yards, and no touchdowns on 12 targets. So the stat line says disgusting, but I do see some good for good burst out of him. I see good lateral movements. I see everything now that I saw at Florida. I just need him to get a chance. And I know Frank Gore is there. He's the locker room guy, blah, blah, blah. Just get him the hell out of there. This is what pissed me off about the NFL. You got these old retreads, and I get it. They're valuable for locker rooms, but you're keeping younger prospects off the field. Tell me why you're signing Adrian Peterson. Tell me why you're signing Frank Gore. Let DeAndre Swift run the damn ball. Let LaMichael Pirine run the damn ball. It's a young man's game. Let the young men play it. You know what I mean? I'm 35 years old, and I guarantee one crack block, and I'd be dead. So get these guys <laughs> off the field. I think Pirine's a guy that if you could somehow obtain him, do it. He might have a chance with a new coaching staff coming in. They need a lot of other things. Running back might not be it. So um, loving me. Um, okay, Nate, I see your message there. Sorry about that. Um, <laughs> I missed it before. So love me some Mike Pirine. Try to get him on your roster, although I cannot spell his name for the life of me. So I basically just spelled like my name with La in front of it, and that's not it. But um, Ray, let's go to you next. Any rookies from this class, this past class, that you want to talk about? Well, I just want to say I, I do believe that P. Ryan probably is going to start next year. I think they've got a lot of other holes to address. Why not? He's on a cheap deal. You know, why invest significant draft capital um, in a running back in the draft? Now, could they bring somebody in? Sure, that that, mm -hmm. that could happen. That's probably the more likely scenario. But I do think P. Ryan's going to have an opportunity to to, to show what he can do. I believe that 100%. And I'm not even the biggest P. Ryan fan. But the thing about fantasy is none of that matters. Opportunity matters. Not whether you like a player. It's the opportunity. And mm -hmm. the player that I want to talk about is somebody that, that I've been wrong about. And it was a player that I was like, sell, 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 trade him away, trade him away. And I've been trying to acquire, acquire, acquire. And that's James Robinson, the running back from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the pro it, this is the classic case of process over results. The process is you don't bet on undrafted free agent running backs on a team that's most likely going to have coaching turnover. Those aren't strong bets. We've seen that situation play out a thousand times where these undrafted guys come in, they flash, and then they're immediately replaced. Mm -hmm. Philip Lindsay had back-to-back thousand-yard seasons, made a Pro Bowl, and they still brought in Melvin Gordon to compete with touches with him. Now, I know a lot of people go to best case scenario and go outlier and say Arian Foster. They say uh, Priest Holmes and all of these outlier situations where, again, the process is you move those guys at peak value. And my recommendation to a lot of people were if you were getting first round pick offers, if you were getting seconds, get rid of James Robinson because he's an undrafted free agent and they have nothing tied to him. They're going to draft Travis Etienne next year. Mm. I was wrong. I was wrong. He's going to start next year. He is going mm. to be the starting running back. Now, after 2021, who knows? Who knows? Maybe they just ride him into the dirt and that's it. But mm. I was wrong on James Robinson. And he's he's got the job this year and he's going to have the job going into next season. Yeah. All right. That's yeah. So it's one of those things. And hey, listen, me not picking up James Robinson, that was a case of me not playing the waiver wire. And I should know better. Yeah, you know I mean, I, I should know you get guys on your roster because I said, I'm not going to start this guy. Why should I pick him up? And I screwed myself. 
So, um, hey, Chev is not here yet. He might make it on a little bit later, but he has a question for A. He wants to hear you go full chub talking about Jalen Rager now. <laughs> so could you talk about Jalen Rager a little bit, Ray, for me, please? Yeah, I mean, he almost had two touchdowns in his debut game back. I mean, he had mm-hmm. that. He's got to bring that ball in. I mean, that was a good play by the by the cornerback. But um, what I liked about it, and, and Mike, I know you can speak more to this. Uh, I like the fact that Philadelphia tried to get him involved early. I still believe that Travis Fulgham is going to be the number one there for the remainder of the season, but that's okay. But that's okay. Like Rager can still thrive in that offense. And as Philadelphia gets healthier, you know, the NFC East stinks and they are the best looking team to make a playoff push. So I do believe they're going to continue. They played on last Thursday, wasn't it? Didn't they have the Thursday game or did they play on? They didn't play Sunday. No, Philadelphia. They, they were on bye. Bye week. Yeah. yeah. So bye. that's that he's coming back off of an injury. They had a bye week, work him more into the offense. I think we can see nuclear Jalen Rager come this coming Sunday. So um I'm excited about him. Uh, I do think he's still an uh, elite talent. We we see the speed. There are plays where I'm just like, oh my gosh, you see the juice that he has. So uh Rager's dope, man. R- Rager's a good player. He's a good player. I don't think he's the best rookie wide receiver right now. I take I'd take three or four guys over him right now, but I still think um, as a as a rock solid on your fantasy team, at worst, a wide receiver three flex option that can give you wide receiver one, wide receiver two upside on any given week. Mm-hmm. So, Ray, I do have just a quick couple questions. You could answer them real quick. Who would you start right now in a flex spot, Jalen Rager or CeeDee Lamb? Rager. Yeah. Probably Rager. Give me the quarterback in the the ball. I just trust Wentz and them getting him the ball more. Just wanted to make you say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> also, I, do do you know who John Hightower is by chance? I do. Boise State. Yeah. What do you think about John Hightower? I just want to know real quick. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you, Ray. Um, hey, the FFB Aviator wants to know: Are you still spending a first round pick for? Uh, Robinson. I'd never spent a first round pick on him. I would accept the first round pick for him. I don't think I would give a first round unless I knew it was late. Like if I knew it was a late first, now now you're, you're, you're what you're what you're banking on is a uh, an Amon Ross St. Brown or James Robinson, uh, Tamari Terry, a Tylen Wallace or James Robinson, yeah. a player like that, Kenneth Gainwell or James Robinson. I would take James Robinson for a late first, a mid to early first. No way. Give give me yeah. Jamar Chase. Give me Devonta Smith. Give me J, uh, J, Jalen Waddle. Late first, maybe. Mid to high, hell no. Yeah. If you are like one of the top three teams in your league and you can acquire James Robinson for a first and he fits into your flex spot, I mean, you got to do that all day because that's winning you the championship this year. Mm-hmm. Um. I also made a trade today. I want to see what you guys think. I moved Rex Burkhead, and I ended up getting a late third-round pick. That's Dude, fine. Take that all day. My team's not going anywhere. It's yeah. a trash team. It was, I took it over in the offseason, so I'm just stockpiling picks. You traded a depreciating asset for an asset that will only appreciate. Yeah, and I have a couple third-round picks, so I can use them. I'm hoping in the draft I can bundle and move up. Also, um, I'm going to take this one. Jack sucks says Eagles explosion incoming Lane Johnson, Miles Sanders, Rager Goddard coming back. What I'm going to tell you as an Eagles fan, temper your expectations for a positive Philadelphia narrative. Whenever something is supposed to go our way, it does not. So calm, 
calm yourself. Trust me. I've we'll made- say that Jalen Rager buy low window is going to be closing real soon. Yes. Real soon. I have been a broken hearted Eagles fan for over 30 years. So I never trust Philadelphia in a positive narrative. Um, Cody's uh, checking in. He loves Echomania St. Brown. Um, Cody, Nate, you want to say hi to Cody real quick? <laughs> Going with the big stuff. So, um, hey, let's talk some more rookies. So, uh, Porkman, how about yourself? Let's. I think I know who you want to talk about. So go for it. Talk. Talk uh, to me. I'll talk about him a little bit later. Okay. Um, I'm gonna talk about uh Justin Justin Herbert. Um, we were pretty high on him coming out. Uh, I think we both have number two, Mike. And I know a lot of people were talking about how he was going to be a bust, and I just didn't see how that was going to work, unless you know it was something going on between the ears. But he came out. Unfortunately, my boy Tyrod Taylor had something stupid with the doctor, and they wanted to puncture his lung. And I feel bad for him. I but then, terrible. at the end of the day, I'm not going to say I was happy that he wasn't on the field because he just didn't fit with that offense. Justin Herbert fits with that offense perfectly. He's throwing to everybody. Guys we never even heard of before. Well, I never heard of before. Jalen Guyton. He threw to some other guy. I can't think of his name is Parham, that tight end, big guy. I hate to cut you off. We had lunch together on Sunday. You said that you started Jalen Guyton in a league, right? I did. You do realize that he is the Chargers equivalent of John Hightower, don't you? He's not. He's he's better than three targets, one catch, fifty nine yards, and a touchdown. Excuse me, his talent. I don't like John Hightower. Can't catch. (laughs) But anyway, proceed. I'm sorry. I wanted to throw that out there at you. No, no, no. It's fine. It's just. Uh, Herbert, he just fits better with that team, and I didn't. Me personally, I didn't expect him to come out in that first game and just ball out like that, or the second game and ball out like that. So it's that's a good thing for me to see that I saw that he can be something. They kind of compared him to Josh Allen a little bit because he does have wheels, but he's a little bit more accurate downfield he's coming out. Definitely right, right away. Um, I'm glad that Philip Rivers is going. Kind of made uh. What's his name? Keenan Allen and Mike Williams relevant for fantasy for us because it got to a point where I wanted to hate Keenan Allen because we can see that his production is not there, but you can see his route running. He's wide open every time, but old man Rivers could not get him the ball to save his life. So I'm, I'm happy that Justin Herbert is a baller like that. All right, Nate, who do you have for us on one of your rookies? Um, Real quick about John Hightower. I love John Hightower. I mean, as much as I can love him for what he is. Porkman's hating this episode right now. <laughs> I did trade him today. I traded okay. him away for a fourth round uh, pick. I'll give me the fourth round pick. I don't care I'll, if a 16 team IDP <laughs> league and it's the 416. I'm taking that pick all day, man. I'm not even sure if he's even going to dress this week, tell you the truth. Well, I got my fourth round pick and I'm happy with it. It was part of a different, it was part of a bigger deal. So. I'm good with it. Anyway, rookie I want to talk about is my wide receiver five going into the draft. A guy that a lot of us forgot about because he wasn't at the combine and he wasn't a first round pick. T Higgins. We, a lot of people let this guy drop into the second round Mm -hmm. of the rookie drafts. They were, you know, excited about the numbers, the combine and these other guys. And like, you know, Oh, what, what do I want T Higgins for? He's a third wide receiver behind AJ green and, Tyler Boyd. Oh, oh, they also have John Ross. Oh, no. Healthy T. Higgins. John Ross. T. Higgins has come out and he's 
absolute baller. I mean, this he's producing. He's outproduced A.J. Green. He has a great connection with Joe Burrow. And why do I think that A.J. Green's going to be there next year? There's no reason for A.J. Green to be with the Bengals next year because T. Higgins has that spot on lock. Yep. And did you hear the story about Burrow uh, draft mm-hmm. night? About the Bengals no. and T. Higgins, where they pretty they much, yeah, they pretty much like, yeah, they they well, they called him uh, after they drafted him because they had the first pick in the second round, and they asked him, "What receiver do you want?" Like, we're gonna pick a receiver with the first pick in the second round. What guy do you want? And right away, he said T. Higgins, and that was their pick. Like, they asked him, "Who do you want?" Like, Joe, you're our guy. What receiver do you want to throw to? That's and awesome. He said T. Higgins. So. Um, Higgins is dope, man. And he wasn't the first round pick, but he damn, he kind of was. He, he was the first yeah, pick in yeah. the second round. Yeah. It was like 133, if you think about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, yeah. The funny thing is, Howie Roseman asked um Carson Wentz what wide receiver he wants in the second round. They drafted Jalen Hurts. So it was fantastic <laughs> times, had by none. But um oh. yeah, finish up about T. Higgins. Is Jalen Hurts have a reception yet? No. Um no, but something is telling me that Jalen Hurts does have a perfect completion percentage. He attempted one pass. <laughs> one for one for 18 yards. And he can't run the RPO that he ran in college. Sorry, sorry. finish about T. Higgins. Oh, I mean, well, there's not too much else to say about T. Higgins. I mean, he's he's worth a first-round pick. He's probably he's worth more than a first-round pick at this mm-hmm. point because he's going to be a top rookie wide receiver at the end of the year. He's going to be a top young dynasty receiver after this year. He's going to be in that same category that we're talking about next year with like Terry McLaurin. And mm-hmm. I mean, I don't, I don't know how you, everyone feels about DK Metcalf. Some are saying he's wide receiver one in dynasty. Some are saying, you know, hold, hold your horses. But I mean, T Higgins is going to be a top 20 wide receiver in dynasty. I think next year, when we start doing these startups next off season, and AJ green isn't on the team anymore. And you got this guy with Joe Burrow for the next three years after this year. I mean, who doesn't want a piece of that pie? I agree. With I agree. That. Also, um, if you do listen to the Destination Debbie podcast, you hear Ray call Mike Thomas slant guard Mike. Um, I would, <laughs> Ray, I want to see you line up across from, from Mike Thomas. <laughs> you, you were a defensive back, right? I'll get crushed, man. You he, so? He'd crush me. He'd crush me, yes. Wouldn't you love to just lay that guy out, though, once? I'd hit him, but covering him, he'd dust me. But <laughs> I would I could still lay wood right now. I'm I'm a solid two I'm a solid two oh eight right now. I can still I can still bring it, man. See, see, Ray could suit up. Um Cody's saying Tom's <laughs> fragile. Yes, he is fragile. Just up here physically, he's fine. Um don't forget about Mims if we're talking about Terry McLaurin the class. Yeah, we're gonna get to Denzel Mims a little bit later. Um, he's not one of my guys. Um, I want to talk about one of my guys, and I loved him a lot. Some people said I was a little crazy. It's been an up and down rookie season, which I kind of expect. That's Joshua Kelly. I think he has value going forward. And I'm not going to tell you it's even running back three value. But he showed early in the season. Austin Eckler went down. He filled in fine, had some fumbling issues. Now, Kalen Balaj was a thing in Los Angeles somehow. Who's the other guy? Don Terry? With the Pope. What? Pope. Yeah. Pope. Pope. I was thinking Don Terry. Don Terry Poe. That's what I'm thinking of. Sorry, I'm old. Um, the thing. Justin Jackson's going to be out. So Kalen Blodge has been put down on the practice squad again. It could be a Josh Kelly game as far as he could get some touches. I like him. He runs hard. 
he's a guy that if I'm starting a team, you can get, you know, like let's say I'm starting an NFL team, get him in the fourth round. You could take other prime positions early, later, build your team around a grinder like this. On the season, 91 carries, 292 yards, one touchdown, 19 receptions, 141 yards, no touchdowns. He does have a 100% reception rate. Um, he's been inconsistent at times. He does have two fumbles, but I think going forward, you know, yeah, okay, Cody. I remember when I traded for Cortland Sutton and his knee torn. Yes, I know. Thank you, Cody, for reminding me of that. Um, I do like Joshua Kelly. I was higher on him than most people, but I trust my process. So, Ray, let's go back to you. Tell me about a rookie, that, a twenty twenty rookie that you were liking or even not liking. However, you want to do it. Um, and I'll be I'll be quick. A rookie that I think a lot of us owe an apology to because he was dunked on throughout the pre-draft process so much and. Looks like the running back to own is Zach Moss. You know, a lot of people didn't like Zach Moss. You know, he got a, he took a he took a hard a hard beating because he ran a four six and you know got hurt at the combine. But he was a mega producer at Utah. I mean, I believe in his collegiate career he had three thousand yard seasons, catching thirty plus passes in multiple seasons. You know, here's the thing, and this the biggest thing that I learned last year: two things. One, trust your process. Trust your process, right? Um, for me, if, if you go back and listen to any Destination Debbie episode, my running back one throughout the entire time was DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift, DeAndre Swift, DeAndre Swift. And as things went on and I'm talking to more people, all right, I guess I got to have Jonathan Taylor up here. So I moved JT up and then Clyde gets drafted by the Chiefs and I'm bumping DeAndre Swift down. Um, and I did it with Tua. Tua was my QB one for the longest. And then I just started moving him down. Um, but with Zach Moss, uh, he's, he's, he's the back that you want to own in Buffalo. Say what you want, um, about him, his, his, and, and here's another thing, folks. Once these guys get drafted, all that other stuff goes out the window, man. Like once mm -hmm. they're on the team and they're playing, I don't care. I don't care where – I couldn't tell you if Travis Fulgham was drafted or not. I really don't know. Like, I honestly have no clue. I don't know what college he went to. I don't know what round he was picked in. <laughs> All I know is I, fifth round last year by the Lions out of Old Dominion. Sorry. Okay. How I many, want him. Like, I want him on my team. Right, I don't care right. what his pro I – don't, I don't need to look at what he ran at the combine. None of that matters. I want him on my team. Um, Zach Moss, man. Zach Moss is a good running back, and – I know somebody that knows a coach for the Buffalo Bills, and he told me this four weeks ago that Zach Moss is the running back you want to own if you have one in fantasy. And uh, you know, my apologies, Zach Moss is Zach Moss is straight, man. Yeah, I agree with you there, Ray, because it seems like after he came back from his injury, he seemed a slightly a little bit more explosive because that his foot injuries would bother him a little bit. So last week when he played, he looked very, very well in the, coming out the backfield. So Devin Singletary shares is going down to the drain right now for sure. I traded for Singletary in the Suns Dynasty League. So we got Chev Nuni joining us. Chev, glad you could make it. Got out of work on time. How's it going, Chev? You know, I tried to pull off this swag that Ray has going on right here, and it's not looking good. I think I think I'm gonna let Ray pull this one off, boys. Yo, you look you look you look cold as hell, yo. You're in Arizona. You're, You're in Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, in Arizona, it was like 30 degrees when I woke up today. Man, my balls were frozen together. Manscaped came clutch, though. They they helped me out, man. <laughs> wow. What's going on, boys? It was warmer here in Pennsylvania than it was in Arizona this morning. It's weird. So there you go. Um, all right, who are we up to? I'll tell you what. Um, 
Chef, we're going to give you a minute to settle in here. I, I hate to hammer you right when you come on. So, Nate, let's go Appreciate back to talk about one of your uh, rookies that you like, don't like. I mean, however you want to do it. You know, it could be either way. Yeah, I'm going to talk about one of my my guys coming into the season, LaVisca Chenault. You know, <laughs> I got a lot of flack. He was my wide receiver three before the draft. That was from me, too, and I got to admit, I might be wrong here, but go I on. Mean, I get it. I'm, he was my wide receiver three through my scouting process, and I acknowledged the fact that he was kind of a boom-bust guy. He was a guy that he could, you know, he has the body type and the physical ability to just be a total alpha in this league. But at the same time, there was concerns, and he had some injury history, but I threw it aside. He was my guy. I just had a gut feeling about this guy. And so far, it hasn't been phenomenal. Granted, he is on the Jaguars, and they haven't looked super great so far this year. But up until this weekend, when he got injured, he didn't have a single game with less than three receptions. And he's been productive as a flex week in, week out. He hasn't had the touchdowns yet. He only has one, which he got on his debut in the first week. But he's been producing, and he looks like once he gets, I know, a quarterback that's going to be consistent. Gardner Minshew has had his ups and downs, and now we have Jake Luton. But I, I still believe that... Sh- LaVisca Chenault is going to be a great fantasy wide receiver. I think he's going to be a great receiver in the NFL. I don't know what it looks like between him and DJ Chark. I don't know what that looks like in the future. Who's the legitimate wide receiver one there. They both can have that ability and that skill set. So we'll see. There's a lot to learn. We'll see who's the quarterback next year. Could be Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields. That would look great for both of them. But uh, LaVisca has been consistently good. Hasn't been great yet, but he's been consistently good. And that's all you can really ask of a rookie who, you know, came into the season a little injured. And, uh, yeah, I'm happy with it so far. Is that, mm-hmm. is that bunk beds behind you just out of curiosity? Yes, they are bunk beds. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, just, <laughs> I sleep on the top and my wife sleeps, sleeps on the bottom. I love it. You get your sleep Sometimes you need a little bit. You know what I mean? Um, it's like the one meme I saw on, I think, the dad. It said, uh, my wife farted in her sleep and woke up and told me I was disgusting. Yeah, I mean that's marriage in a nutshell. Wow. So, yeah. I get told I make coffee too loud in the morning. I don't know how that even works. It sounds the same every day. Uh pork man, one of your guys, one of your not guys, however you want to do it. I'm gonna I'm gonna just go off of what Nate said with his guy. I was high. Everybody knows I was high on Van Jefferson there uh, it coming is. out of college. <laughs> um I still believe in his talent. I just know that he's right now he's behind Josh Reynolds. I believe he's better than Josh Reynolds, in my opinion, at this point. So behind him. I know, Told Mike. You. Told you. You didn't tell me. First, we got a whole half of a season left, so don't be, don't be getting all your uh your victory laps going. Got him in you're the first crash, half. You're gonna crash halfway. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I think I think when he when he is on the field and he is uh, getting targeted, he does look the part. I'm gonna you know ride this out. It's his dynasty, so. When he does get his uh, shot next year, I think he's going to slot into that third slot. Or if something was to happen, unfortunately, to any of the other three that's ahead of him, he'll fit in right in perfectly with uh, with Jared Goff and everybody else. I think it was a kick in the nuts to watch Cup and Robert Woods get signed. Uh, if you had Van Jefferson, that yeah. definitely was tough to yeah. see. Yeah, because I'm still trying to figure out where the hell that money came from. <laughs> Monopoly money. Jared Goff folded out of the back pocket, man. 
I'll tell you what, Chev, you've been here for a few minutes now. Why don't you, since we have a bet on it, why don't we talk a little bit about Justin Jefferson real quick? Oh, man. I, I didn't want to talk about him this early. I know. It's, it's, it's early in the show. But we're talking man. about the Jeffersons. So. 48 Justin, minutes in, man. <laughs> 48 minutes in, we're finally talking about it. I mean, Justin Jefferson, he's been what I thought he was watching film. He was my number two wide receiver coming out. I just love the silkiness he has when he's running. His routes are crisp. I like what he's doing with the catches after the ball. Uh, definitely love those yak yards. Uh, he's been special, man, but that offense, you never know what you're going to get. So that's the only thing that really scares me about having Justin Jefferson right now is Dalvin Cook could have 45 freaking rushes, and then Justin Jefferson has two catches. So that's the that's the scary thing about owning Justin Jefferson. Uh, but he passed Olabisi Johnson, so that's something Van Jefferson probably couldn't have done. Um, so I'm definitely glad to see that. Well, what the yeah. shots, bro? <laughs> I think eventually if the Vikings upgrade a quarterback, that could be a different scenario. Um, I just want to talk a little bit real quick. Guy I love pre-draft process. Loved Michael Pittman. Um, I thought he was a fantastic acquisition for Indianapolis. Not so much this year. Uh, Philip Rivers doesn't have the arm that he used to. More of a check down guy. I don't know. I don't watch a lot of Colts games. Not going to lie to you about that one. But I think they could have been better suited going elsewhere at the quarterback position. Instead of a retread, I talked about that earlier. Um, so on the season, he's been hurt a little bit. 20 targets, 14 receptions, 135 yards, and no touchdowns. So the best thing that could happen for you as a dynasty manager is you hope that Michael Pittman keeps this stinker of a season up so you could acquire him cheaply in the offseason. During rookie fever, I tell people all the time, those sophomore guys that you like that had a little bit of a bad season in their, their rookie year, Go after them then. Take some low draft capital and try to acquire these guys and just hang on to them, see what happens. Um, so, Ray, we haven't – you know, I'm surprised. We're, we're almost 50 minutes in the show. We haven't talked about Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You know, a, Porkman was super excited when uh, he got drafted at 132. So, tell me, you know, give me your thoughts on Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And also, do you think the Le'Veon Bell signing is going to hamper him? So here's the thing that I want everybody to understand. The Kansas City Chiefs won a Super Bowl and their leading rusher had sub 500 yards. Okay. Sub 500 yards. They won a Super Bowl. They ran through the NFL. They have Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey. And they gave Patrick Mahomes half a billion dollars. Okay. Literally. They gave him half a billion dollars. Clyde Edwards Elaire was the definition of luxury pick. Mm-hmm. Luxury pick. He was not a necessity. They could have rolled out whomever DeAndre Washington, Darwin Thompson, Daryl Williams. They, they could have rolled out whoever they wanted. They got him. He was a shiny toy. They picked him at the end of the first round. We, as a fantasy community, the reason why we did this is because for like, 10 years, we talked about them being the dream landing spot. We had already made up our mind in January. <laughs> Whatever running back gets picked by the Chiefs, we can go back. Listen, every one of us did it. Every last mm-hmm. one of us did it. Whoever goes right. to the Chiefs, they're RB1. They're, 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 they're Hall of Famers. So as soon as it was, it was the perfect storm for overreaction. You get the running back that just came off of a national championship win, from the, and this is not hyperbole, this is factual, the greatest offensive team we have ever seen in the history of college football. Mm-hmm. You get that running back 
with Joe Burrow and Jefferson and Chase on the Chiefs, we lost our minds. And then week one, he goes out there and rushes for 160 yards, and we anoint him the second coming of of Barry Sanders. Thanks. <laughs> I'm I'm not concerned. Clyde is who he's going to be. Mm. If he's a part of the game plan, he will smash. If he's not a part of the game plan, we're going to hope that he catches enough passes to be relevant. He was never going to be a 18 to 25 carry a game running back. That's just not within his range. That's not how he's made up. Kansas City is, will, and will always be for the next 10 years. It will run through Patrick Mahomes, Mm -hmm. i.e. they are going to throw the ball and throw the ball a lot. Therefore, it limits what his – we keep saying we haven't seen a ceiling. We haven't seen a ceiling. I don't think we're going to see a ceiling a lot. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think that's going to happen. As long as Kelsey's there, Kelsey and Tyreek Hill had 30 targets. 30 targets last game, those two. Le'Veon Bell is not the issue. Le'Veon Bell has no impact to me on – they're not even running the ball. They ran the ball like 14 times total. Like, the bigger impact is the Chiefs are going to throw the ball and Patrick Mahomes wants to throw the ball down the field. Mm-hmm. It's not his game to check down to the running back 10 times a game. He's not, that's not what he does, man. And because of that, we've got to adjust. I don't think Clyde is bad. He's still, I believe, top eight in the NFL in total yards from scrimmage. Literally. I mean, he's one of the he's one of the and that's after two dud weeks where he's gotten like 10 yards total. He's still like top 10 in the NFL in total yards from scrimmage. He's just not scoring touchdowns, and he's not getting the volume that we want. I'm not concerned. He's a low-end RB1, high-end RB2. That's what he is. Yeah. Yeah, and I think you're right. People did lose their minds a little bit, and I'm just going to throw this one out here. Whoever wants to take this one can. Um, J.K. Dobbins on the season, 52 carries, 297 yards, two touchdowns, 14 receptions, 87 yards, and no touchdowns, 18 targets. So – Maybe Nate will take this one. Yeah, I'll take him. Yeah. <laughs> it's a mess. Go ahead, Nate. It's a mess in Baltimore. Um, even with Ingram out, Gus Edwards is one of the most efficient running backs of NFL history. Who's been saying it? Who's been saying Gus Edwards? And I really hope Gus Edwards gets himself a starting job next year. I don't know if there's going to be a starting job available for Gus Edwards. Houston. But he deserves it. So, but J.K. Dobbins – He's had his opportunity the last two weeks while Mark Ingram's been out. And I can't say he's not taking it, but he's also not been given the opportunity to really take it because they love Gus Edwards because Gus Edwards gets touchdowns. He gets yards. He breaks off five-yard runs every time he touches the ball. And how can you not give the ball to that kind of guy? But J.K. Dobbins, he's being used more as a receiving back, but the problem is the Baltimore Ravens don't throw to the running back. So it's not working out well for fantasy. Keeps the defense on the heels, but it doesn't work out well for fantasy. Um, I still think he's a great dynasty buy. He's probably not going to do too much rest of the season. Ingram's coming back, and Edwards is still ahead of him in the picking order. But next year, Edwards is gone. Justice Hill is there next year. But Mark Ingram is likely a cut candidate. So it looks like J.K. Dobbins is going to be the leader of the backfield next year. I think he's a great buy low. Though most people know what they were getting themselves into when they drafted him. They knew he was most likely not someone you're going to play a lot this year. So it's going to be hard to buy him. But nothing he has shown so far has made me lose any faith in how good he is. 
He's incredibly talented. Every time he touches the ball, it looks like he's ready to break off a big run. He's bouncing off defenders. He's making people miss. Watching him has been super exciting. And it's just calling, like, everyone's been calling for more touches by J.K. Dobbins. Ravens fans, non-Raven fans. He's fun to watch. And I'm glad we have him for the next three years. All right, I'm going to throw the next one up. Whoever wants to take this one. Um, DeAndre. A.J. Dillon. You can, if you want to talk about AJ Dillon, you can. I was going to say, who wants to talk about DeAndre Swift, Ken? No, I mean, I'll talk about the Packers rookie class, man. Those guys have absolutely shown out what we thought they were going to be. And as a Bears fan, I absolutely <laughs> love it that they got these guys. I mean, Jordan Love, I don't even know if he's been suiting up the last couple of weeks. That's that's great. That's a good pick. And you go get AJ Dillon. He's awesome. He's everything we thought he was. Just a wrecking machine out there, just running over people. Uh, so, I mean, I, I love what the Packers did. I think they're definitely retooling for a rebuild when Aaron Rodgers goes to the Bears maybe next season. We'll see. But you never know. <laughs> wishful, wishful thinking, huh? <laughs> hey, you can dream. Yeah. There's your uh, Packers rookie cra- class check-in. Um, <laughs> thank you, Chef. But who wants to talk about DeAndre Swift? Whoever. Someone grab it. Yeah, I'll take Swift. Um, I really wasn't the biggest fan of his like just looking at tape he was he is very elusive and he's good i just was looking for somebody yeah if you drafting that high that he, he would give you like a three down asset type thing and to me he doesn't have that he doesn't run with power in my opinion like that but he's better than carry on johnson he's better than adrian peterson so if you're drafting him in the second round he should be getting the ball so it's going to be tough patricia gotta go Mm. If, if Patricia is still there, you're not going to know what's going to happen. So if you get rid of him, give him a fair shake and go from there. You know, Porkman, I'm glad you took DeAndre Swift. I want to keep it in Detroit for a minute. Your greasy take of the week for last week was Quintez Cephas, guy that a lot of us liked here at the Dynasty Rewind. He will finish as a wide receiver, too, versus the Minnesota Vikings. I could understand that. He was activated. Kenny Galladay was out. Uh, Minnesota bad secondary and he pork man left um but here i'll just finish wow. it off for you two touches for 31 yards and no touchdowns so in ppr scoring that is 5.1 fantasy points i'm no mathematician guys but i think that does not qualify you as a wide receiver too correct i don't think he, i don't think he made the cut sadly he made the cut so um that take was so bad Porkman actually left the stream for a little bit so um I don't know what the heck that was it just left i'm like what the crap <laughs> Do you have another greasy take for us ready or do you yeah. need No, I got one. That's crazy. I'm like, he's talking, and then all of a sudden my computer just dookied out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um this is greasy. I'm gonna go with the rookie stuff again. Okay. And it's probably not gonna happen, but I'm gonna have faith in my guy Van Jefferson one last time. Oh no. 50 yards and a touchdown against the Seattle defense is going to have a long touchdown, really? 50 yards and a touchdown this week for Van Jefferson. And TD. Okay. Uh, here's another question for Ray, and this is from Jack Sucks. Is Amir White coming out this year? I hope so. <laughs> I hope so. Um, uh, I, I still don't – listen, I, I gave him props on my last show. It's good to see him playing well, but – a running back with two ACL tears before they even Oof. get to the NFL, one in each knee. 
just something that uh, I've learned my lesson with Todd Gurley. I just don't want to invest in those players. So um, I, I hope he does, and it's good to see him playing well, but I, I just don't really have a lot of interest in, in Zamir White. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you got him in a spot that was like you couldn't pass him up, maybe you move him, right? Yeah. I mean, everyone's got – they've got value. As long as they're on the field and playing. And the thing with running backs that I hope we've all learned – I don't care if you RB one, two, or three on a team. There's probably a good chance you're going to play at some point. They just get banged up so mm-hmm. much outside of Derrick Henry that they get hurt. Right? Even the great, I mean, Saquon Barkley back to back yards. Nick Chubb, Christian McCaffrey, who was Teflon last year, mm-hmm. out again. I mean, you you got to have these guys, man. You have to you have to have these guys. Has Zeke missed time due Never, to injury? I don't, I don't think I don't so. Think, no, I don't think Zeke's no, ever missed hurt time. Now. Yeah, yeah. yes, suspension the one being game. stupid, maybe. Yeah, um, yeah. but no, no I, I don't think he's ever missed time for injury. There's, he might have been a series. There's very few running backs in the NFL that are just locked and loaded week in and mm-hmm. week out. Very yeah. few, and I know a lot of people dunk on Derrick Henry, but he's one of those players where you know what, say what you want about him. When you have him on your roster, you just throw him in the lineup and you don't even worry about it because you know yeah. he's going to be there. It's better than fishing for Jeremy McNichols off of the waiver <laughs> wire or trying to find somebody, you know? J.D. McKissick in your starting uh, lineup. Uh, McKissick's been good, though. McKissick's been yeah. good, though. <laughs> 14 yes. targets last week. And you know what? Let's um let's stick with another Washington player. Ray, your take on Antonio Gibson. I want to get this one. Uh, before we wrap it up, we're at about an hour. So uh, you want to talk to us about Antonio Gibson? I figured Portman didn't want to take that one. I like the nah. talent, man. I'm I'm a big fan of him. I've got him ranked 20th in my cornerstone rankings over players like Travis Etienne. I've got him ranked over Cam Akers. I have him ranked over Zach Moss when we're looking at running backs. Um, I like him. The problem is I believe I saw somebody tweet yesterday. I think it was Hayden Winks that he only has – I don't think he has a touch on third down mm-hmm. really, on the whole season. Not a, not a touch or it's like wow. two touches, one touch, one touch. Listen to that one touch on third downs. And we're going into week 10 of the NFL. JD McKissick is a problem for Antonio Gibson. Mm-hmm. Like I like Gibson. I did not anticipate him being a two down grinder. That's just, and when you're on a team, that's playing from behind, you want the running back that's going to be on the field in passing down situations. And for whatever reason, the guy that played receiver in college, Antonio Gibson, I know JD McKissick did as well. Mm-hmm. He's not on the field. So I like Gibson. I'm I'm hoping that next year he's more involved in the passing game, but one touch on third downs in in nine games is not ideal. Yeah, that's uncalled for for real for real. If he got the hand, why don't you just put him there? Which is our boy, Matty Big Chest. He says he does have a fourth down touch, though. So <laughs> Just skip, <laughs> skip third down and give it to him one for Screw it. So, um, so like I said, we're a little over an hour, usually where we like to keep our podcast. Does anyone want to touch on anything else before we head out then? Nate does. Nate, go ahead. I would like to touch on my running back nine pre-draft. Oh, okay. boy, running back nine. Go ahead. I mean, that's, that's pretty high praise. I mean, Top 10 running back, J.J. Taylor, undrafted free agent. <laughs> I was like, yo, why does no one see what I see? Makes the team as undrafted free agent, gets called up when James White's out, and produces pretty well. 
when he's given the opportunity. He has he since has not really been given any opportunity with James White back, but when he was there, getting touches out of the backfield, it was working. And I said the entire time, you know, you you grab JJ Taylor off your waivers after the rookie draft, and you put him in your taxi squad, and you wait till James White's out of the New England team. And I still believe that I, he's shown progress. He's shown progression. He shows like he can be the next James White for that team. I don't know what that team looks like next year. It could be completely different, mm-hmm. but I still think that JJ Taylor will have a role. I think he'll make the team again. So I, I'm happy with that one as well. Um, I don't know if he'll ever be someone you can start every week, but I think he's definitely worth having in a taxi squad. I think he's definitely worth a stash. Because James White is a great cut candidate next year. And J.J. Taylor is like made for that role. Uh, Jack wants to know who has worse pocket presence, Daniel Jones or Felipe Franks? (laughs) (laughs) They're both pretty bad, man. Both pretty bad. So um, anything else? The only thing I want to say is grab Quintess Cephas. Love that guy. Um, I think I was higher on him. Maybe than some other people were. He can block. I was really impressed with his blocking. <laughs> I know that sounds dumb, but hey, listen, coaches appreciate when a wide receiver can block. And if it gets you on the field, when you're on the field, you have a chance to get more fantasy points. Mm-hmm. That's just how it works. Just like a tight end that could block well is going to get more snaps. It's that easy because they could be trusted on. So see yeah. right out of when I said getting on the field gets you more snaps, it gets you more chance to earn fantasy points. So um fantastic. I think that's be I've, got, I've got I've got I've got two just pieces of advice for the listeners. Okay. Go for it. Go man. out right now because these players aren't they're not going to explode this season. We're almost at the end now, but go out, trade for Gabe Davis, trade mm-hmm. for Denzel Mims. And I'm just here to tell you, I said this about two months ago and I still stand by it. Well, trade for Brandon Ayuk as well. I think those are some some receivers that we need to have. But I said this two months ago, and I took a lot of heat for it, but I still believe that when we're talking about dynasty startup drafts next year, the running back that we're going to want uh, over everybody that we we went crazy about in 2020, I think J.K. Dobbins is going to be the running back that we're selecting over Jonathan Taylor and Clyde Edwards-Elaire next year. The scheme fit with Lamar Jackson, what they did at Ohio – what he did at Ohio State, what Lamar did at Louisville – I stand by it. That's going to be the RB one from this 2020 class. And I, I wholeheartedly believe it, even without the receiving work, he he has looked in limited opportunity by far the, the runaway best running back outside of James Robinson. Like, honestly, it's, it's JK Dobbins. That's, that's the pairing that you want. And I know Nate, you're a Baltimore fan, but Kyler Murray is the QB team in Dynasty. It's Patrick Mahomes and then it's Kyler Murray. Yeah. That's that's what it is. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's hard to argue then, right now. Yeah. yeah. Gotta have Russ up there too, man. Guy's balling out. So yep. yeah. I do want to double down what Ray said earlier. He said, trust your process. We are all here. We're doing our own processes. Then we come together and talk. And that is great. It's great to hear the people's opinion, but always trust your own process. Everyone watching, watch watch some of these guys yourself. Don't just listen to us. Watch them yourself. Um, and trust your gut. Like one thing is this off season, this past off season, I wanted to have Harrison Bryant as my tight end one, but I felt compelled 
to have Cole commit as my tight end one because everybody else did. And it was like a consensus thing. So I, you know, knocked Harrison Bryant down to tight end two. I mean, I still feel great about having him that high, but right. he should have been my tight end one. Yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah, trust your trust yourself. Trust your process. And when you do ask an analyst for advice, occasionally we give bad advice. Make sure you flood our DMs with hate because we all love that <laughs> so much, and that's why we're here, not getting paid. Uh, before we head out, Chev, do you have anything for us this evening? Uh, I also want to talk a little bit more about T Higgins. I know you already talked about him, Nate, but man, I love me some T Higgins. I think he's a guy that can have kind of a role light of Michael Thomas. I think he's that good. And I think he kind of has that role in that offense, especially with the connection they has with Earl that you guys already talked about. So uh, really high on him. Definitely glad we got him in the old dynasty owner. That was great. Um, also, this dude has definitely surprised me this season. Wide receiver for the Chicago Bears. Picked him at 173, Darnell Mooney. Mooney has definitely been a huge surprise, definitely for the Bears offense, and he is somebody that has looked good. He's getting open. He's not getting the passes that he would want. He's just not hitting him at the moment. So he, Mooney has definitely been a big surprise. I think we all thought Miller was definitely going to be in for a bigger role in this offense, and it just hasn't looked that way. I think uh, Darnell Mooney is definitely in for a bigger role moving forward. So he's definitely a guy that I would go get and stash as well. Cole Kamez looked at like I thought he would too. He had twelve tight ends on that roster, so that was great. Um, <laughs> hopefully, he'll he might step up in and play quarterback. I don't know. You never know without the Bears. But I mean, this this rookie class, man, it, it was good. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to watching the 21 class. Listen to Destination Debbie has definitely helped. Just learning, seeing what Ray's doing, listen to his trade talks, man. I love listening to those love those episodes. So that those are my favorite. But the verse I have for tonight is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, and it goes like this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him, and he will make your path straight. Uh, so we, we don't know the plans that are ahead for us. We are just living life. Uh, we're trying to find our ways through these paths, trying to find out which path we want to go on, what job we should switch to, what job we shouldn't switch to, uh, all those things. We got a new president now, so we're trying to decide uh, what we're going to do in the process of that. So my 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 goal is just follow what God has a plan for me, follow his path that he has laid, for, laid out for me. It might not be the straightest path, but it's going to be the path that gets me to the end. Uh, so definitely excited for uh, what God has planned, especially for the Dynasty Rewind uh, and just life in general, man. I think we're hopefully we're moving in the right direction as a, a society, um, but we'll see, man. Just follow God's path for you. All right, Chev, I love it. And you're right. Uh, hopefully he's got some good stuff planned for us. I know that we all do. So stay mm-hmm. tuned. It's going to be a busy offseason. Um, we're going to hammer those rookies good. That did not sound right. But, Chev, until next time, where can we find you on Twitter? <laughs> yeah, you can find me at Chev Boyardi, boy with an eye. All right. And Porkman yourself? You can find me at FF Porkman. And another guy I wanted to look out for is Devin DuVernay. Uh, one way that you can um, – not tell the defense what your play is is use another dynamic player that's on the team. That's Devin Duvernay. There you go. And Nate, how about yourself? Yeah, you can follow me, follow me at Nate NFL. And my greatest piece of advice right now, if you're rebuilding or even if you're not rebuilding, go grab some second round picks or third round picks of this 2021 class. It is good and it's deep. 
Yes, that's right. And you know how everyone says there's nothing good to be had in the fourth and fifth round of your rookie draft? That is not true if you listen to this podcast and the Destination Debbie podcast. Ray, lead us on out of here. Tell us where we can find you on Twitter and all the fantastic things that you are doing right now. You got a lot of stuff going on, and it's all great. Yeah, on Twitter at RayGQQUE. Drop the Destination Debbie podcast. That's coming out a couple of times a week. Um, I've got a, uh, I've got somebody that I've, I guess, hired or he's coming on board of Destination Debbie and he'll be dropping a show per week. Hopefully we get him uh, live and rolling next week. I'm also a part of the Roto Underworld feed. So I've got the Futurecast show coming out on Roto Underworld. I've got a new show that'll be dropping. Well, not a new show, but the Dynasty uh, trade show that I do is now um, picked up and sponsored by uh, FTN Fantasy. So Fade the Noise, Brad Evans, Jeff Ratcliffe, uh, Kevin Adams, Elliot Christ. And then, of course, uh, the patrons, my squad members over there, access to my Debbie rankings, 2021, 2022, 2023 classes of players, as well as my top 100 cornerstone players, 2019, 2020, and 2021 draft classes. Put all those guys together, super, fat, super flex rankings, so you can see where I have A.J. Brown compared to Jamar Chase, et cetera, et cetera. So got a lot of stuff going on. Appreciate you guys having me on. Uh, love this show. This is my Saturday morning cut the grass show. So when I'm doing yard work, I, I told Mike that a long time ago. When I'm doing yard work, I throw y'all on um, and y'all get me through uh, get me through picking up dog poop. So uh, I appreciate you guys, man. We appreciate you as well. Chev, I think you said you have one more thing you wanted to touch on before we head out. Yeah, I would hate myself if we didn't talk about this guy. One of my favorite rookies coming out, Rodrigo Blankenship. (laughs) Absolute stud muffin. If you had him early on in the season, he definitely won you some weeks. He put up like 10 to 12 points. So it hasn't been very bright ever since then, but it's coming. I got a feeling. Rodrigo Blankenship, remember the name. All right, so the head of our kicker department weighing in with Rodrigo Blankenship, (laughs) a department I just made up. So – um, until next week, uh, you know, we're, we're going to release this normal time, but we are recording on Wednesday. So it's going to be weird for me to not see my guys on Friday night. Um, I guess I'll spend time with my wife instead, but until next time, Tuesday, week 11 waiver wire shows. The next time we will be back. If you're so inclined, you can follow me on Twitter at the end 85. I would much prefer you follow the show at dynasty rewind. Please make sure you subscribe, rate and review to everything that we do. YouTube, Twitter, just whatever. Subscribe, rate, and review. It's all good. Instagram, we got a Facebook page. Until next time, everybody, be kind. Please rewind. Thank you for watching. And most importantly, thank you for listening. See you, everybody. Woo!